This is the River Radius, a cultural nexus of rivers, people, and boats. I am your host, Sam Carter. Welcome. Really focused on picking up trash, doing something today to protect our rivers. And this cleanup has been one that has just been controversial because it's a ton of work. People stopped doing it because it was so gross and <laughs> they didn't want to deal with all of the, you know, the, the needles and everything that happened. So the plan is for us to continue to run it forward because that's what we do, we get dirty. This episode comes to you from a river that runs through a major U.S. city, a city and metro area that is home to about 3 million people. The South Platte River flows through Denver, Colorado, and its various urban reaches. One year ago, in the spring of 2022, the River Radius was a sponsor of the South Platte River cleanup, and I joined that cleanup. I put my boat in the water with a friend and spent several hours paddling and pulling trash. It was a weird love-hate kind of day. The water smelled, the river was dirty, the highways running next to the river were loud. But the river was a river, with flowing water and riparian characteristics and birds. There were lots of other river people there, all experiencing the same thing. And together, we had a lot of fun and pulled out several thousand pounds of trash. This year, in 2023, I decided the river radius would show up again, and this time, build an episode about taking part in a three-hour river cleanup. In April of this spring, I joined the South Platte River Cleanup crew, this cleanup has been around for 16 years now, and today this cleanup is hosted and organized by Protect Our Rivers. This episode will go down the river with the river cleanup, talk with Protect Our Rivers about cleaning this and other rivers, talk with the people who were at the very first cleanup, hear from the city of Denver about their current and future plans for restoration of the South Platte River, and hear from the people volunteering for a day to clean a river. We start off early on an April Saturday in Denver, next to the river, Sarah Nelson, the founder of Protect Our Rivers and River Cleanup Extraordinaire, is leading this group. Hi guys, thanks for coming out. Really appreciate your stoke and just taking time on your Saturday, especially when it's this beautiful to pick up the South Platte River. And just a couple things today. If you could stick in a group for a couple reasons, one, just so we stay together and we kind of arrive on shore. Also too, just if anybody else needs a hand, so if, for example, if like a little ducky gets a big cone, for example, they can toss it off on bigger boats. Please wear your PFDs on the water. Needles today, just avoid needles if we see them on shore. I do have a sharps container if you're really determined, but anything happens on the boat, we don't want those needles flying anywhere. The goal is basically to pick up trash, have some fun, and we'll be landing near Fishback around one o'clock. I have supplies for you. We've got trash grabbers. Um, we do have heavy duty trash bags and gloves. And then for the actual rafts, we have six buckets with any glass so they're not going in the bags. So we do have buckets with lids for the bigger rafts. So if you're in a ducky and you see a bunch of glass, point whatever, you know, and we'll, we'll try to help you out. So we are going to walk across this sidewalk. And um, you know what I'm thinking is we should probably do rafts first because it's a little, if that's okay with you guys, and then we'll do a wave of duckies and smaller boats. I know it's not very convenient. Um, there's a little like ledge down there that we want to avoid. The background noise here might sort of sound like water, but it is not water. That is the sound of U.S. Interstate 25, U.S. Highway 85, and U.S. Highway 6, all adjacent to us in a cloverleaf sort of exchange with more than 21 lanes of traffic. This crew for the river cleanup is carrying about 15 boats across a crosswalk on a side street just below the freeway to gain access to the river. We have just enough time to get across the street. Make sure you guys go fast up there. Don't 
Don't leave us stranded. Are we going in the next cycle? Should move up farther. All right, ready? Yep. One, two, three. All right, we're going to go Sides. Yep. Think that's better? The, the um, turf looks better. Okay. Slide it down, we'll get a team at the bottom, team at the top. Cool. Where we put boats in the water is not a ramp, but a steep, slippery slope next to a bridge. We got down to this concrete and rock bank at the bottom, acted like river runners, and got boats in the water. While this all might sound like it's unorganized, it's actually amazingly smooth and organized. People helping each other, watching for traffic, and having fun. Where we start on the water immediately drops into a cute little urban rapid made of big square boulders with a chute. We move down the chute, or in some cases, over it, and then immediately stop on a cobble bar and the boats unload the people and folks start picking up trash. Anne, do you mind hopping out and grabbing us? I, yep. Thank you. And so I wander around checking it out. And to be clear, these are people's personal boats, their personal setups, coming out with their friends, their families, and going down the river like any other day. Look, I found a, uh, what's that thing called, that giant truck? Megalodon? Megalodon tooth! Yeah. Look what I found! Oh, my tooth! I got a ball! And yours. Sure that's not a Megalodon tooth? Look at that thing. It looks like a rock. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Hi. How are you? Good, good. How you doing? Great. Tell me your name. Day. Preston Hartman. And what's your role with Protect Our Rivers? I'm one of the board members. And you're out here. you got a trash bag in your hand. That's right. PFD. Yeah. What's your day job? Uh, I'm an attorney. I uh, work in the Colorado Attorney General's office. Interesting. I do federal and interstate water. What does that mean? Uh, it means I represent the state of Colorado uh, in interstate disputes, and I do some interstate handle some interstate matters as well. You've probably been busy the past couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lots of work. Cool. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, you're welcome. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Cannon. What are you doing? Just looking for stuff under the Do you like this? Do you like picking up trash? I don't even know why. Yeah. Why? It's just plain fun. You've done this before? Yes. What's the coolest thing you've ever found? A computer. Did it work? No. It was broken. Got it. Cool. Thanks. How's it going? All right. This is great. It feels good to clean this up. Yeah? You got yeah. a big bag already. It's, it's only been here for like 15 minutes. Yeah. This is one of those rivers where you could just clean it up weekly. Feels good, you know. Why does it feel? Why does it feel good? back, you know, all this stuff was going to end up in the in the oceans, and uh, you know, you watch those documentaries, and everything's all beautiful and all, but it doesn't. It's not going to last that way. If and we you see like the flip flops running up onto shores and beaches, you know, it uh, it all ends up somewhere. It ruins the beauty, but I think it also then you know it, it hurts the ecology, like you know the, the fish, the all the all the life that's in the river too. So it's ugly and it's killing stuff that we want to keep around. <laughs> Have you done this before? Oh yeah, we used to actually, the pet, before Sarah took over, we, 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 we were leading this for like the two years. They were with High Country River Raptors, so 2018 through 2021, we were doing this. And then she called us at the end of 2021, 
So yeah, so we've been coming out here and doing this, I think, since 2015 every year. Um, but yeah. there's, there's always a ton of trash, and it's it, it's not it's not like some of the rivers where like you're looking really hard for trash. You don't really have to look for trash here. Yeah, I guess it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> you just look down, and it's there. <laughs> yeah. What is, what is High Country Rafters? Uh, we're a nonprofit uh, organization that we do conservative efforts on the river, but we also just uh, get together as groups and as a community of, of uh, experienced rafters and, and new boaters that want to just get on the river and uh, just experience nature. And, I mean, really, every river experience should be a cleanup. You know, when you're when you're on it and you see trash, it's. I think it's just your your responsibility, just as a as a river runner, to, to clean up the the trash. Pick up your camp. You know, yeah. like. Look for micro trash. Leave it in better condition than you found it, and yeah. uh, you know, hopefully, the next person and the next generations will will continue to do the same. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, you bet. After about 15 minutes at that cobble bar, folks were drifting downstream, gathering trash while floating in their boats. I was riding in a raft with Sarah Nelson, who was rowing us down the river. Sarah is the founder and executive director of Protect Our Rivers. We took a few minutes in the boat while some remaining people collected trash. Protect Our Rivers has become the flame keeper for the South Platte River cleanup and has branched into cleaning other rivers in Denver, around the west, and even on the east coast. Please meet Sarah Nelson. Hi, my name is Sarah Nelson, and I'm the founder and executive director of Protect Our Rivers. What is, what is Protect Our Rivers? Protect Our Rivers is a nonprofit organization founded, I guess, by me two years ago. Uh, and our mission is really to actively protect rivers through hands-on conservation and education. It's really, really the gr- boots on the ground nonprofit. Mm-hmm. We get out, we get dirty, get our feet wet, and pick up trash along rivers, among many other things. Who's the Who's the we? I feel like that's important to you to express the we behind Protect Our Rivers. That you you founded it. It's your kind of vision, but there's a lot of people involved. Yeah, I think I say we, and I'm so uh, modest about being the founder because. It's, the, it's all the volunteers. It's our board. I mean, it's really 5,000 individuals that volunteer their time to make what we do possible. They, you know, they spend their weekends picking up trash or volunteering for our organization in some capacity because they passionately want to protect our rivers and streams. What were you doing before you decided to start Protect Our Rivers? So my background's actually in marketing. Um, I kind of a marketing mutt, I like to say, where I've worked for big corporations like Crocs and small corporations and helped scale them. Right before I protected rivers, I was in my happy place. I was working for a brewery called uh, Good River Beer, and they donated 2% back for every beer sold and named their beers like Class 5, American, Foo Fighter. They were born on the river, so I, uh, I ran all their marketing efforts. And then that went away. Yeah, so COVID was hard among many other things, and yeah, I mean, honestly, I lost my job right before I started Protect Our Rivers. So then what's the story about getting Protect Our Rivers started? I went on a trip down Cataract Canyon, and that river trip changed my life. I got invited. I didn't even have my own boat. I went with downriver equipment. And that river, I mean, being the first time in a canyon and seeing the river community come together for the first time um, and take so much pride in what they do and protecting the places they love so it never gets taken away just changed me. So um, I had that and there were a couple other things. I lost my job, my husband lost his job, and my dad died of cancer uh, after about a month in hospice. It was a hard time, but I guess it also inspired me to start this. It was one of those moments where life is too short and I didn't want to waste it. And so I decided I want to protect what I love and I've always loved. Um, 
and do something about it. Beautiful things come out, come out of hard times, and I don't like to tell it because I don't want anybody to be like, oh, that's so sad, because it's actually not. It's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Where are we? What's going on right now? Well, we are in the middle of downtown, um, pretty close to Mile High Stadium, uh, on the river for the South Platte cleanup. In what city? Denver, Colorado. What does it look like around here? Pretty industrial. I'm staring at some bright red cranes. I can see the stadium from here. Um, water's kind of brown, you know, got some, uh, some pebble gardens. Um, and there's a freeway, you can kind of hear it in the background, uh, buzzing through the city. We've got a ton of boats on the water, several of them, uh, bigger boats, you know, anywhere from 10 and a half to 14 foot, and a ton of uh, little duckies, and everyone is moving around picking up the shores of the South Platte River. And there's people in the river picking up. There are up. people in the river. There's actually one guy wearing a dry suit, and he's going to break out a snorkel, I think, pretty soon. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Nick Tones, he, uh, that's why he wore his dry suit, is he, he is searching for trash in the water mm. that others cannot get. He's in that orange dry yeah. suit over there. So how does it work? How does a cleanup work? I think it depends on the cleanup. Um, we had, so we, Protect Your River is organized as on land and on water cleanups. And by on land, I mean you pick a spot, you go and pick up trash around a river corridor, lake, park, etc. There's a ton that is involved in planning an on land cleanup. Everything from finding the spot, usually that means I go, you know, me or a team member, we go and uh, drive around and miles of river to find the perfect place to host a cleanup. Uh, working with the city, there's some cities that don't support river cleanups because of hazards of homeless people. Um, then it's logistics, creating a website, recruiting volunteers, getting the supplies for the right amount of people, making sure people aren't allergic to things like latex, you know, all the little tricky details, um, and then communicating it, you know, seamlessly so people know where they're supposed to be, when, and the list goes on and on. Check-in, trash haul-off. Um, it's, it's a big ordeal to host an online cleanup, and we do about 40 every year. Today's episode is sponsored by a new sponsor with the River Radius and a newer company in the river world, Wholesome. Wholesome helps you pack food for your river trips. You start by framing your trip with the number of people, the dates of the trip, and the dietary needs. You can bring your own recipes or you can use one of the 1,000 plus river recipes from the best river outfitters. Wholesome instantaneously creates menus, shopping lists, and cooking instructions for you. This is done using their website and a phone app that makes shopping fast and organized. You can use a monthly or an annual subscription to serve one trip or several trips. This is an excellent tool for river outfitters and can be tailored for the individual. Wholesome provides videos guiding you through the process of how to use their platform. River Radius listeners can join at 20% off. Use the promo code RIVERRADIUS, all one word, that is RIVERRADIUS, and use the web link in our show notes to get right to Wholesome. Hey folks, this is Sam. Right now I'm driving a 2023 Nissan Rogue up a river canyon. Here we go. We're going to do some passing. This car is really strong and smooth with its transmission. It feels very powerful, very safe, and very steady. Easy to drive. Handles great. Has a small footprint in the lane, and yet it really feels like a big car. It's got big windows. I was driving it yesterday with four big guys. It handled the load great. It handled the space of us really well. This is the kind of car you can put your boats on the roof. You can load the back hatch with lots of river gear. The other thing I've noticed about this car is that it has an incredible turning radius. You can find your Denver area Nissan dealers online at www.nissanusa.com. 
tell me more about this like this I find it to be an interesting term and I've heard it brought into the conversation a few times that, that homeless people are a hazard that that like evokes this idea that there's like uh, like a threat but what is really what really happens with a cleanup happening where there's homeless people um it's really a hazard because unfortunately a lot of alcohol and drugs go hand in hand with a lot of people that live homeless and so it's a hazard one we want to respect their lifestyle despite whatever they're doing but it also is a hazard for volunteers because i mean there's needles that end up in these rivers where people wade play float fish swim and you can get some horrible diseases because of those needles um there's also just a lot of non-cleanliness if that's a word um associated with that you know trash piles you know a lot of people just leave piles where people can kind of almost like shop and there's just huge hauls of trash that end up in a riverway that are even food particles you know so it's, it's not awesome do you have tension with that idea of like does does the homeless population bring tension to you and your work um not really I, you know i tend to just avoid it and let you know respect it but I, I think it does make it hard because i think if there was less of a problem our rivers would be a lot cleaner so i guess it it does bother me do you communicate with homeless shelters or the city about the problem of homelessness? Um, I, I, sometimes I talk to Denver Parks and Rec, but I, we haven't been very active in solving that problem so far. Yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge different problem. Yeah, and it, I don't know if it compares to, I mean, I don't know. I think that you know eventually you should do a study on what really, who's contributing to the most trash. You know, because sometimes waste management facilities and just for the freeways, you know, what's where should our effort be spent? You know. You described an on-water cleanup. What goes into an on-river cleanup that's different? I'm going to use the South Platte as an example since we're here. Um, I think what's different is it's you can't predict flows. I mean, it's just it's not it's unreliable. I guess it can be very versatile. Um, so, for example, you know, you're not only looking for this exact stretch. You know, we we'd go run this cleanup for five miles downriver. Um, a construction project can break out, which it, it did. So we had to reroute our plans. Flows can fluctuate, you know, several hundred CFS in a single day, even 12 hours. Um, spikes from rain, from releasing of Chatfield Reservoir, et cetera. And so you just, it's a lot harder from that standpoint because you don't have any um, consistent environment and you don't know what to expect. It could snow, you know, and you don't want people freezing on the water. Um, it's also hard because there are some safety hazards, you know, involved with people getting on the river. You know, whenever you're having people go up on beaches, you tell people not to stand up in the river, right? As one of the, you know, as a guide, as a, as a river runner, people are standing up and walking to shores, you know, to pick up trash. And so making sure everyone has their PFD on, making sure that they're not picking up something horrible, making sure they don't slip and fall. Their skills are up to par with the stretch that we're flowing at the time. They know the, the rapids, you know, there's, there's a ton of factors like that that just makes it instrumentally more, more challenging. Oh, look at that guy. He's got something huge over there. Where? Right there, the, the green airboat. It looks like he is a pallet with, is that a bed frame? Today, as you have heard, Protect Our Rivers has taken the lead on managing the original South Platte River cleanup. And today, there are about 30 total cleanups annually on that river. Not all of those are organized by Protect Our Rivers. The Denver Boating and River community first got engaged with cleaning the South Platte in 2007. Over the years, this cleanup has remained active because various people, groups, and businesses have kept it going. Two guys were there at the beginning. They aren't the original brains behind the cleanup, 
and they speak to that in this next interview, but they got their respective river businesses involved in the cleanup and have been here ever since. The morning of the South Platte River cleanup, I talked with these two guys. Please meet John Kahn from Confluence Kayak and Ski and Phil Walzinski from Downriver Equipment. My name is Jonathan Kahn. I go by John. I am uh, a Denver native, grew up here in Denver, went to East High School, graduated high school in 1988, uh, was a raft guide all through college, and then uh, moved back to Denver in uh, 1993 and opened up Confluence Kayaks in uh, basically 1995. So that my business just turned 28 years old on April 1st this year, and I've been working in and around the South Platte River for that entire time, teaching people to kayak and taking people uh, up and down the river in shuttles and uh, working hard to try to uh, help clean up the river and preserve it a little bit. And I think that's my story. <laughs> okay, excellent. Phil, would you do the same? Tell us, tell us what's up. <laughs> All right, so my name's Phil Walzinski. I'm one of the owners of Down River Equipment. I've been involved with the outdoor recreation business really since since I was in college. I was a guide while I was in school. I uh, went to school in uh, Gunnison at Western State. And uh, that's where I really fell in love with, uh, with rivers. I'd been, you know, canoeing and, and kayaking before uh, my college years, but really got into it when I was in Gunnison and learned all about it. Kayaked a lot of stuff throughout the Western Slope, got into rafting. I was a raft guide while I was there as, as well. And then um, moved to Denver after um, a short stint out in Southern California. And then, uh, yeah, got involved with Downriver uh, as an employee. I was the warehouse manager way back in the day. Had a couple of stints where I was a rep in the uh, kayak business for a while. And then um, Zach and I bought Downriver from the owners who we worked for nine years ago. And uh, we've been there since, just uh, just loving it. We uh, love getting people out on the river, getting them the right gear, giving them the right knowledge so, they, so that they can have good experiences and going from there with it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Tell me, tell me where, yeah, where are we standing? Where are we hanging out? So we're right here on the banks of the South Platte River, uh, just above Eighth Avenue in downtown Denver. We're squeezed between the highway I-25 and the right bank of the South Platte River, and there's a bunch of bridges. Uh, but you know, on the whole, the river's a remarkably natural environment uh, down here, and you know, especially on a spring day like this, you can see all the uh, leaves budding on the trees, and that really feels like a, a nice spot. Can you can one of you tell me the bigger picture of the South Platte, like its geographic drainage, and then where it goes after it leaves here? You're probably better at that than I. Am. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the headwaters of the South Platte are up in South Park, Colorado. Uh, the flows of the South Platte are augmented by a lot of uh, trans mountain diversions from the Arkansas River drainage and the upper uh, Upper Colorado drainage to the Blue River. Um, but basically, the South Platte River drains South Park, and there's a South Fork. Uh, that comes down through Cheeseman Canyon, a pretty wild Class 5 section, and then into Cheeseman Reservoir, and then down through the Deckers Run. And then there's the North Fork of the South Platte that starts at the uh, Roberts Tunnel, coming from Dillon, flows through Grant and Bailey, and comes down uh, and meets up with the South Fork at South Platte, Colorado, and goes through Waterton Canyon. So there's a bunch of boatable whitewater in there. Uh, The South Fork is generally easier and uh, the Deckers Run is fun. And then it, after uh, going through a few bigger dams, uh, Strancha Dam in uh, Waterton Canyon and Chatfield Dam, the urban South Platte starts below Chatfield State Park, and we are about 14 miles downstream from there right now, right where it really uh, gets into the urban part of Denver. 
And from here, from where we are, where does it go after it leaves this area? So it continues through uh, Denver and picks up a bunch of other tributaries, including Clear Creek, uh, the St. Brain Creeks, Boulder Creek, and eventually the Poudre River, and then heads out east, basically uh, towards Nebraska, where it meets up with the North Platte, and then eventually the Mississippi River. And all the way to the ocean. All the way down to the ocean. Yeah. Before, before that time of the cleanup, you know, I did some reading and saw the kind of the history of how this water was used and the, the, the different infrastructure that was built up to capture the water, to clean the water, to distribute it to the city of Denver and the various suburbs. What was going on before it felt like it needed to be clean? I mean, was, were people swimming in it, boating in it, hanging out in it, or was it always kind of a little gnarly? This section flows through an urban environment, and it's been used in not-so-ecological ways almost since, you know, Denver's beginning. Were people using it and, and recreating in it? Yeah, a little bit. You know, there was, uh, there's, there's always been, a, at least since, since I've been around, there's always been a really strong boating community here in Denver. So the diehards would come out here and, and play in some of the play parks or some of the surf waves and, and things like that. But, you know, I would say, what do you think, John, over the last uh, 20 years, there's been a real effort to improve the, the greenway path that follows along the river yeah. and improve the areas, improve the parks. You know, people may not realize this, but a lot of this is, is driven by, by boaters, you know, because boaters aren't just boaters. They're, they're out biking, they're out running, they're enjoying the area, and they want to be near waterways when they're doing that kind of stuff. So there's been a real good effort by Denver Parks and Rec and, and individuals and nonprofits to, uh, to get out here and, and try to improve the area. But I would say that most of that happened in the last 20 years, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, um, you know, prior to 1965, the river was basically a drainage ditch. And then uh, there was a flood in 1965 on Cherry Creek in the South Platte that destroyed a lot of the, uh, you know, buildings and, and infrastructure in the floodplain. And um, that led eventually to the foundation of a river commission uh, that was charged with improving the river. And uh, that commission ended up becoming the Greenway Foundation, which is a nonprofit that's really involved in um, getting parkland, acquiring parkland, and uh, planning for the future and improving the river corridor. There have always been people paddling on the South Platte since uh, the late 60s. It's mentioned in some of the old guidebooks in a really pretty derogatory way, as it is even now. But there have been more people using it lately because the river banks have been improved so much that it feels a lot more natural as you're floating through it, especially the upper part of the South Platte below Chatfield is a bird sanctuary and is, you know, really nice uh, on a spring morning to go out there and hear the birds chirping and float down the river. It's a popular tubing stretch. As the river gets more downstream and impacted by, you know, pollution and runoff, uh, there's less and less use. So people are, are worried about the water quality for sure. We're right here. There's a highway over there, cars zipping. There's the one behind us. There's this bridge here that people are riding bikes over. There's people all around. And in some cases, they know the river's here. And in many cases, driving around, they probably don't necessarily know it. And I remember last year being on the cleanup, and we did a stretch where we floated right by, what, Mile High Stadium and Elitch's right. Garden, the amusement park. I mean, it was fascinating to be right down there near all that stuff. And I'm, I'm curious what you understand about the, the way Denver knows the South Platte. You know, like I hear you kind of saying some of this derogatory stuff that's kind of like a euphemism. But what are some other things you hear about and understand that people in Denver feel, know, believe about this river? You know, I think um, there is a 
a big section of the population that really doesn't know there's a river downtown or wouldn't consider, you know, recreating along it and just uh, doesn't pay attention to it. But a lot of people in Denver have at least ridden a bicycle along the river and enjoyed the riverside paths, either at Confluence Park or, you know, uh, further upstream. I think Denver has a real mixed relationship with the river. There's um, a lot of uh, denial about uh, the problems on the river. Uh, and at the same time, there's always people coming out for these river cleanups and really getting their heart and soul into, you know, improving the river. So um, there's a lot of people that care and there's, you know, a lot of people that don't care, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think a good mixed relationship is a great way to describe it because the, the river is here and people love to be near rivers, whether they're boaters or not. But people definitely, I would say some people definitely turn a little bit of a blind eye towards the problems that are happening with it. That being said, since we started the South Platte cleanup almost 20 years ago, back then there was only one or two cleanups, I think, at the time. Uh, Greenway Foundation was doing it one or two and we were doing the South Platte cleanup. Um, and since then, I mean, there's there's one damn near every, every week, month, yeah, every, every month. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's absolutely yeah. true. That's, there it's, are a lot more people involved. So that shows that that people do really care about what's happening with the river. I think I think the uh, the challenge is, you know, what to do about it. How to how to actually make a, a real change. Cleanups are great, but it takes more than whatever twenty thirty cleanups a year to take care of a river. Mm-hmm. The supply of garbage to the river is uh, yeah, <laughs> almost incessant. There's never a shortage of uh, garbage or litter to pick up when we come out here, you know. So uh, there's additional garbage being put into the river every year, essentially every rainstorm. Yeah. Tell me about where, the, where it comes from. So kind of to, to add on to what John was saying, you know, when we, when we were doing this cleanup back in the day, it was pretty much every year we, we almost planned for about a ton and a half of trash over a, a five-mile stretch. That stretch kind of changed from year to year. Sometimes it was more, sometimes less. But it was always, we always planned for about a ton and a half of trash. And we always got a ton and a half of trash. (laughs) And from what I've heard, now that there's more frequent uh, cleanups, that number hasn't changed. Even though there's more cleanups, we're still picking up a ton and a half of trash every time we do do a cleanup on this river. Regardless of what group it is, whether it's a water-based trip or a a land-based trip, the reason for that, every drainage ditch, every um, little creek that flows off of the front range near Denver comes into this river. So if you drop a water bottle, you know, up in Golden somewhere or in Boulder, it's going to make its way down to the South Platte cleanup. So the next next rainstorm, uh, next thaw, and that sort of thing, all the trash finds its way down to this river. And, and so it's just kind of never ending. Uh, just yeah. kind of keeps coming and and you know for me the big reason we started this thing was yeah it's great to clean that trash up but really we just wanted to make sure people understood what was going on and and raise awareness for it and try to get the media out here to see what's going on see how much trap trash is at the river and you know if a hundred people stop dropping their water bottles out of their out of their truck at the gas station great uh, maybe we make it made, made a bigger impact than just the ton of ton and a half of trash that we picked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the real problem is definitely litter in neighborhoods and developed areas all around the metro area. You know, the the stormwater system basically transport that and is designed to transport that. You know, without interruption, right to the uh, right to the river. And um, you know, they are 
uh, implementing uh, stormwater detention features that help eliminate some of that garbage. But the bottom line is that um, the stormwater system is the, the uh, source for the majority of the litter pollution you know that we find in the river. And it's a lot harder to pull that out piece by piece than it is to you know take it out at the source. Right. So tell me, tell me about the beginning when you all came together and, and decided to make this cleanup. Tell me about that conversation and what that first cleanup looked like. So, so truth be told, we didn't come up with the idea. Yeah. Uh, it was actually a guy named Mark Cohen and um, Randy Thompson who really initiated the, the, the first annual version of this, this cleanup. They did a great job getting it off the ground. We were um, sponsors of it. Yeah. The, the two companies, Confluence and Downriver, were sponsors of it from the beginning. And it was a real grassroots effort. Um, you know, nobody was really looking to get any attention they just wanted to make an impact and and uh and bring attention to the river itself yeah and it was an earth day it was an earth day event we were going to get out there and try to uh you know do something positive for earth day and mark was a rep in the outdoor industry for keen footwear and uh i think they provided a little seed money and uh, phil and i got on board as as soon as we heard you know what was going on and got it off the ground and we just invited our customers and you know our email lists out to join us and, and since then, so we've done it annually, usually right around Earth Day. We're doing it a little later the last couple of years. But, man, the, the event itself has grown. I mean, I think when we started, help me out here, I think maybe we had 50 people I show up for it. Right, yeah. and, uh, and I think they're planning for close to 300 today, mm. I think. And that's one of probably 20 or so cleanups that happen on this, this river this year. Uh, so that's a lot of people showing up for it, and it's it's great to see that it evolved that yeah. that much. And and this one is an on water cleanup. There's a, there's a, a land component of people walking, but it's a different kind of trash I think you get. I remember last year we were pulling out carpets and tents out of the middle of the river and just gnarly weird things, shopping carts. Yeah, you know, on the shore it's mostly smaller bits of litter. You know, sometimes you come upon a big dump pile, but in the river is the stuff that's been really uh, you know transported and churned up. Often it's full of sand and really heavy, and so. Uh, you know, there can be some extra challenges from pulling stuff out of the actual river channel. But you do, you know, that's where the trash accumulates, kind of at the high water line a lot of times. And so, you know, being in a boat is actually ideal for, for picking trash. For you guys, what's the most obscure or large, weird, scary, whatever thing you've pulled out of the river? Yeah, that's... Yeah, what's so, up, Phil? You're smiling. What you got? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's been a lot over the years. Personally, sure. um, you know... This, this stretch of river does run along the, the uh, I-25 corridor, so uh, you definitely end up with some car parts and things like that. But uh, one year, I think I ended up with the, uh, the whole uh, bumper and grill section of a, of a Jeep mm. at one point um, that had made its way into the river. There, were, there was a year when car thieves were driving cars into the river intentionally, and they over one winter they drove three or four cars into the river. So there were a lot of car parts yeah. that year. That was maybe four or five years ago. Why were they driving them into the river? Uh, it was just a place to dump them dump after them. a joyride. Yeah. Oh, know? like joyride thieving. Joyriding thieves. Like yeah, not making yeah. money, making right, joy right. for somebody. So, so we, I don't know if we're doing it, uh, doing it this year, but um, in years past, we always had a, an award for the for the best piece of uh, of trash, and so we'd end up with things like stop signs and road signs and car parts and shopping carts and I mean all the things that you can imagine in an urban environment you find in in this river I mean any any of that stuff for sure um, shopping carts oh yeah yeah <laughs> all of it up by Overland Golf Course there's always a lot of golf balls in the water too you yeah. know so uh... <laughs> silly for me the experience and conversations at the river cleanup that I was having were begging for a conversation with the city of Denver 
What are they doing about the trash? How do they support trash reduction and cleanup? What are they doing for the South Platte River? I spoke with the Denver Department of Transportation and Infrastructure. Denver is a city and a county, and the municipal management and governance covers both the city and the county. My guests are Nancy Kuhn and Dave Jula. My name is Dave Jula. I'm the Senior Director of Water Services at the City and County of Denver. I'm a water resources engineer by education and training. I've been doing broad water resources work for over 25 years. Nancy, can you do the same? Tell us who you are. Sure. Nancy Kuhn, Director of Communications for the Department of Transportation and Infrastructure. And I've been with the department for 20 years, educating residents about our department, our services, programs, initiatives, making sure information is accurate and clear, and just getting the word out about what we do, answering questions from the public about things that come up in the media. You both understand that I'm, I'm building this episode around the South Platte cleanup. And what I keep hearing from the people doing the South Platte cleanup is that there's just this incredible amount of trash, that it doesn't matter if they clean the river up, they can come back the next day and, and again, pull 5,000 pounds of trash. They can come back the next week, and they do this kind of all spring, summer, various groups, but all these different cleanups happening on the South Platte, and it's been happening for a span of 17 years. From your perspectives, where's the trash come from? I mean, we are in the largest urban environment in the region, and unfortunately, a lot of the trash that ends up in the streets and yards and all over the city, when it does rain, they end up in our stormwater infrastructure and into the tributaries to this river and eventually flow into the south. We have over 600 outfall pipes that outlet into the river. And while some of those we have trash vaults and gates and things to try to catch the trash before it gets there, all of them don't have those. Yeah, so not sure that many people realize that when they throw that cigarette out the window, when they drop that wrapper on the street, and then it rains, that washes into our storm drain system. Our storm drains go flow to our waterways directly. There's no treatment that happens before that. Say you don't bag your trash, and then we come pick up your trash, and there's loose trash that flies around. That's the kind of stuff that's ending up in, in the waterway. I remember sitting at a stoplight on the way to a, a meeting about the river and that light and literally saw someone walk by a trash can with their empty water bottle, look at the curb and look up and down and find an inlet and go over and, and throw it in there. Oh, wow. I have no idea why. <laughs> I, was just, I was just sitting there like, man, we have so much education to, to still do and, and, we, and we do our best. Some of our educational programs are focused on kids, so going into schools, trying to educate people early, so you know then they understand that as they're growing up and then can bring those messages home to their parents. And we team with the Greenway Foundation very closely, and the One Water Plan that I sent to you, it's built around five overarching goals. And the first one is about education and outreach and making people more knowledgeable about you know, where the water comes from that comes out of their tap and where it goes when they flush it and what happens when your trash can gets blown over in one of our great windstorms and it gets into the system and then it's really hard to get out. You know, and I will also say you were mentioning the, all the cleanups that happen. Um, we obviously support those and participate in a lot of those as well. Um, but that's in addition to the, all the trash that we pull out. And we also team with the Mile High Flood District that has a full maintenance budget 
and work with them and our parks department very closely when we have areas that we see are really you know, being impacted. And in addition to the regular maintenance that they just go out and, and pick up trash in the corridors, it's such a big problem. It's such a large volume. There's just not enough resources to keep up with it. Can you talk more about, I forget what you call them, but the trash gates, these things that the city yeah. and the county has installed in your infrastructure to pull trash. Mm-hmm. Talk about those, please. Yeah, let's just talk about the whole system. When it rains heavily and you see those grates along the curb where the water flows into, that there's a huge network of pipes. There's over a thousand miles of pipe across the city that all gravity drain that stormwater through the network of pipes and outfall, like I mentioned before, and to our waterways or the river, directly to the river, depending on where they are. And so there's lots of different ways you can do it. You can try to catch it at the end of the pipe before it gets in the waterway. And that's where we'll put in vaults. And they are just that. They're just big concrete boxes buried underground so no one sees them that are meant to just capture trash and let the water flow through. And then we have to go in and and clean them out regularly so that they continue to function. Another way to do it is to try to catch it at the source before it gets into the system. And that's a big focus of our green infrastructure program that we've been investing in more and more every year. And that does a couple things. One, before the water comes uh, off the streets and the impervious areas, we put it through planters as plants that roots pull out the pollutants. It also catches trash because it's not going to, it's not just going into the pipe, straight into the pipe. And then we have to have our maintenance crews are out there all the time trying to capture that and clean that up and keep those functioning. So everything from street side planters that you'll see along Brighton Boulevard, this is where the water, that first rush of water from a storm that sort of takes that, you know, that grease and the oils off the street goes into those planters and it's um, also trash is collected there too. So street side, smaller infrastructure, all the way to some of these larger investments that we've made in the last few years. Um, if you look at City Park Golf Course, the redesign there, the introduction of the 39th Avenue Greenway, and also improvements at Global Landing Park. And all three of these have open channels now where we take the water out of the pipe, run it through some channels, natural grasses, get rid of these pollutants, these sediments that are pollutants, and then also trash there. So every year sort of expanding on the different types of designs that we can use to get that water clean before it goes into the pipe so it's cleaner when it gets to the plat. We also, we talk about our street sweeping program. The reason we have a posted street sweeping program from April through November is so that we can effectively sweep. A lot of the dirt and debris in the street ends up on the curb line. And what we're doing is taking that dirt and debris off the street so that it then doesn't end up in the storm drain system and also in our air. So it's both an air quality and water quality effort. So street sweeping is another way that we work to keep trash and debris out of the out of our waterways so you know one thing i'm thinking about cities big or small the the small town i live next to has done this big cities do it the rivers kind of get pushed off to the side re-channeled possibly they also get put into concrete culverts they get kind of hidden from the town like the backside of buildings and then and then no one maintains it and all this riparian either native vegetation or an invasive species and just kind of starts to dominate it and becomes this 
just briar patch that you can't get to and you can't see the river and the bridges are built over it and you can't see over the bridge because the concrete walls are so high and we just forget that the rivers exist. And Dave, you were talking about how the, the system is actually built in Denver to protect for floods, to, to protect against floods. And then there's a secondary thing that humans actually throw a bunch of trash around and we got to pick up the trash as well. The point is that I'm, I'm trying to get to is that we've done this as, collectively as, as a nation to our, to our rivers. It takes, it takes a different approach to modernize these waterways. Many cities have done this, this daylighting, this pulling back the, the overdone vegetation, pulling back the concrete. Can you talk about two things that are going on? One is the Denver One Water Plan, and then the other is this water resiliency program that will open up the plat. And, and the, the plat's been open in many places, but this sounds like this is another stretch can you talk about those two things and what the city and county of Denver is working to do with and for the South Platte? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's a, that's a huge focus of the city right now and, and the One Water Plan. Let me start with the overarching One Water Plan, which was completed about a year and a half ago now. It's a relatively new concept in our industry where um, breaking down the silos that have just been traditionally formed by different aspects of the water management of the water cycle, especially in the urban environment. So you have your potable drinking water, and that's usually been a utility or a division of a city. In our case, it is Denver Water provides us our drinking water. And then you have stormwater management and flood protection, because those are some of the most damaging. We had one in 1965, a 100-year event that in today's dollars caused four billion dollars of damages in the city of denver and when that happens the army corps came in and put it in dams and channelized and constrained it and you know control it's all about trying to control and we all know that trying to control mother nature is a is a losing battle here's a quick little bit for you about the south platte river this river is smaller in size average annual flows in denver are about 200 cubic feet per second and this year in 2023 high flows in june were around 1500 CFS. In 1965, the flows during that flood were massive. It's hard to pin down clear data on the rate of flow, but I am finding information saying that some streams nearby and in the basin were running at 150,000 cubic feet per second, all the way to 450,000 cubic feet per second. And then you also have our, our sanitary treatment, and that's when you flush, you know, it goes to the wastewater treatment plant and they clean it up to those standards, and then they outfall it back into the waterways. And, and then it just goes over and over again, but it's all the same water. Water is not being created and destroyed. It's just where it is in the cycle. And the main purpose of the One Water Plan was to build a framework to get all of those agencies and great nonprofits like the Greenway Foundation that has been a, a huge steward of the river for decades, which both Mile High Flood District and the Greenway Foundation were created in 1969 because of the 1965 flood was so devastating. So bringing all those groups together and the state and multiple others to build that framework to be like, how are we going to tackle the problems of the future with climate change, growth, and with those unintended consequences of our past actions of manipulating uh, these natural systems. That's the purpose of the One Water Plan. And then with the Waterway Resiliency Program, We've been working with the Army Corps of Engineers for over a decade to look at the South Platte River and try to get additional resources. And we were 
really successful and it's super exciting. We were appropriated over $350 million in the IIJA bill, the Infrastructure Act. And we are in the process of procuring contractors to help us with it. And we are going to start design early next year and move into construction soon thereafter. We anticipate it's probably going to be about anywhere from six to 10 years to do the whole project. It's six and a half miles of the river. So pretty much the northern section of the river. It does extend into Adams County a little bit. And its main focus is ecosystem restoration. And the reason that the Corps had this program and pursued this is just what we talked about before was that unintended consequence they recognized, like we stopped the city from getting hit with massive floods over and over again and having all these like, crazy damages and threatening people, you know, people died in the 1965 event, right? Like there's that balance of, of all over the country. We, we built our cities right next to these waterways because they were the, the easiest way for travel and resources of having water. And then you had these unintended consequences of urbanization and flood control and manipulation of the waterways. Yeah, it's, it's time to invest in the river. And we have invested over $100 million over the last 20 years in things like parks. You, all you got to do is look at old aerials of downtown near Fishback, but further down in Commons and Cuernavaca. It was just all rail yards. And now there are these great activated parks that people love, and, and it gives a little more room for the river. You know, this is just a continuation of what we've been doing for decades. We're trying to restore it. We're going to try to protect that investment. And we're going to try to do better than, than we have in the past. And have people face the river. Don't put your, your back door and your, your loading dock and your dumpsters up against the river and then, you know, face the street on the other side. You should be looking at the river, right? It, you know, it, it has trees. It has a riparian zone. It's still got a natural function and environmental benefit. And that's so important in, in an urban environment especially with as we densify because we have to handle the growth and increased imperviousness. Um, those are, those are all the things driving these and they're all coming together right now. Well, both of you, Nancy Kuhn, Dave Jula, thank you so much for your time and coming on the river radius. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Awesome. Thanks. Sam. One last piece about the city of Denver and the trash is a new program they are implementing this summer in 2023. It is a curbside composting and recycling program coupled with a measurement of the trash collected for each customer. The intention is to get more waste directed to compost and recycling and less waste in the trash stream. Today's episode is sponsored by the Denver area Nissan dealers. Right now I'm driving my Nissan Frontier long bed four-door truck with a camper shell. We're on a 6% grade climbing uphill. Three dudes in the truck, bed full of gear, pulling a trailer with three boats stacked, all the gear. And we are just climbing. This Frontier has a nine speed transmission, super smooth, uphill shifting, real steady climbing. Roads are slick, trucks holding great. It's just really comfortable, safe, strong boating truck. You can find your Denver area Nissan dealers online at www.nissanusa.com. Wholesome is today's sponsor, and Wholesome helps you pack food for your river trips. I really enjoy having rad meals down by the river while traveling through river canyons, but I do not enjoy figuring out the meals before the trip. I get overwhelmed pretty quick with the recipes, the ingredients, the shopping, the not over-shopping. Using Wholesome, you set the number of people, 
the dates of your trip, and the dietary needs. You can bring your own recipes or you use one of the 1,000 plus river recipes from the best outfitters. Wholesome instantaneously creates menus, shopping lists, and cooking instructions for you. This is done using their website and a phone app that makes shopping fast and organized. River Radius listeners can join at 20% off. Use the promo code RIVERRADIUS, all one word, that is RIVERRADIUS, and use the web link on our show notes to get right to Wholesome. Now, with all of this backstory on the cleanup and the bigger picture of the South Platte and its relationship with Denver, this new information about how the city of Denver is also working on the trash and working to upscale the river corridor, let's go back to the conversation with Sarah Nelson, founder and executive director of Protect Our Rivers. I started off asking Sarah about how Protect Our Rivers got involved with the South Platte. Can you tell me about the process of how Protect Our Rivers started doing the South Platte cleanup? Because we talked this morning with... Uh, Phil and John, who were kind of some of those root 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 people in the beginning of it all. Yeah, so you know, um, started Productive Rivers a couple of years ago, and really focused on boots on the ground, picking up trash, doing something today to protect our rivers. And this cleanup has been one that has just been controversial because it's a ton of work. Um, so I actually reached out to John and Phil and said, "Hey, you know, we're a nonprofit organization. This is what we do. Could we, you know, what's the story behind the South Platte cleanup? How's it run? Can we be a part of it?" And, you know, they were like, they gave me the background and they actually said, you know, and we could really use someone to run it because it is a ton. They, you know, they run their own businesses on the side. And so they were really looking for someone who was going to be consistently running it. I guess it had passed through um, uh, nonprofits from year to year and people stopped doing it because it was so gross and <laughs> they didn't want to deal with all of the, you know, the, the needles and everything that happened. So they encouraged us to get on board and the plan is for us to continue to run it because that's what we do we get dirty and this is the south platte cleanup but you're not just working on the south platte where else is protect our rivers working so we um we work all over colorado we worked on the colorado river the yampa um the green river uh we worked on about 20 different rivers we went up to west virginia to work on the new river with uh, rocky mountain rafts um madison river and then like a ton of the south platte's tributaries i mean we've like I said, we have a list of about 20 different rivers, but creeks, streams, lakes, we cover them. Do you feel like the focus is, is in the Denver area? You know, it, it started that way, really. Now we're really starting to branch out and do more on-water cleanups outside of Denver mm-hmm. instead of just in the heart of the city. How many cleanups is, is Protect Our Rivers doing this year, 2023? Um, the final count is still TBD, but we're expecting around 40. 40. How many have you done this month in April? 12. So is the majority happening in the spring? Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of people surrounding Earth Day, a lot of companies use their volunteer time around that pulse point. So we get a ton of requests. So even Earth Day weekend, I had four cleanups in three days. Um, and real people really strongly focus their efforts. And, and what's the relationship of companies? What do you mean by that? Um, so since we've started, you know, um, a, lot of, a lot of companies now do volunteer time off. So they pay their employees. Earth Day just seems to be a trigger, you know? I mean, it's awesome that people come out regardless, but I wish they focused on it all year round versus just Earth Day. So companies will reach out to us and say, hey, I've got a group of 30 employees from Inspirato, for example, and we they come and join our cleanup. We provide all the gloves, supplies, et cetera. So around Earth Week, I've had over 100 inquiries in a matter of a, you know the week before Earth Week of how can I join your cleanup efforts. Where does revenue come from for Protect Our Rivers 
are you a volunteer? Are you a paid employee? Are there other are there people getting paid at all by Protect Our Rivers? So I am the only paid employee that was recent. Um, and everyone else volunteers. Our board volunteers and all of, you know, we have, we have friends, um, family members, and just really good people that volunteer. But I'm the only paid one-woman show, yeah. Where's the, where's the revenue from? You know, our partners are a big part of that. They see that, actually Orvis said it really well, we're kind of like the handshake to conservation, so they see the value we're adding, which is getting people out on the river, letting them see firsthand. So our sponsors have really, you know, not just said, I'm going to help put on a cleanup, but we're going to try to fund you above and beyond and support your mission. So that's that's our number one source of income. And then so is um, the river community, individual donations. You know, we could go down all these pathways of like, oh, this trash and all this gnarly stuff that this guy's putting in the bag right there. But like, what what's the joy side? Like what's, they're actually, it's actually pretty fun out here. I remember last year really having a good time doing it. What's the joy side of this, of this day, of these cleanups that are happening? You know, I think the joy side is we're all coming together to do some good, you know? So, I mean, one, we're all in the sunshine. We're on the river in downtown, which is not usually a typical stretchy float. Um, I think the joy side is all these good people surrounding us. They're laughing. People are falling in the the dirty river banks and still have smiles on their faces. Um, We're all floating together, and, you know, there's like a light breeze that is just perfect for the day. And everyone is gung-ho determined to save the river on an individual basis. Like, they're proud. Every object we pull out, everyone's hooting and hollering and, you know, sharing that enjoyment and that pride together. Um, so some of these days, it's, it's really about a community coming together. Um, they're the best days, you know, I've ever lived. And I think it doesn't even just have to be the river community. That speaks to climbing communities, you know, um, all kinds of different types. After Sarah and I talked a few times on the river, I wanted to hear more from people who were doing the cleanup. So we pushed on and caught up to some folks. The first person we came across was John Kahn, who you heard from earlier and who was from the beginnings of the cleanup years ago, and it was obvious he had been here before. Doing good? So John, we talked earlier, yeah. you're, you're like one of these founder guys, like, can you just describe what you're doing, like your setup? Describe your setup. So I'm wading down the river, towing a tandem kayak with a garbage bucket in the middle seat. And it's kind of tethered to me, and I'm just wading along, snatching garbage where I can. Here's a plastic water bottle and a, a bouncy ball, so I'm going to walk over here and get them. All right, one more piece of garbage out of the river. You're like, you're professional grade, aren't you? Yeah, I've done this before. Yeah. <laughs> music, music helps. Music helps a little bit for sure, you know, it keeps the vibe right. This is my rowing song, it's called Pusher Man. There were two simultaneous cleanups happening that day on the South Platte. One on water and one on land serving the banks in the areas right next to the river. When we got to the end of our water portion, I found some folks who had taken part in the on-land cleanup. All right, we'll start right here. Let me put the mic back to you like that when it's time to talk. Okay. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Melissa. So what are you doing? You're out here cleaning up the South Platte River today. Correct. So here with Protect Our Rivers, I've done a few cleanups so far. Uh, Last year, we have a whitewater raft. Love to get on the river, so it's fun to help clean it up. Do you boat on this river, or are you just like cleaning this one, boating elsewhere? Mostly clean, cleaning here, boating elsewhere. So we did do the cleanup here last year on the river, and it was fun. 
yeah. be in the plat. What, what do you think of it? Cleaning a river? Like, uh, yeah, what do you think? I think it's a good idea, certainly, when you're on the river. In the middle of the city, you see all of the trash that comes through. I mean, cleaning up our earth is important for our future and just our now as well. So I think it's a, it's a really good thing they're doing here. What, what does it feel like? You know, think like how do you... What does your future feel like to you? I mean, I feel like I'm asking a generation younger than me now, like what, what that means, like, because you're kind of caught with this whole like contraption of kind of the planet in a different place than it was 200 years ago. How does it feel to be living inside that? I think there's a lot of pessimism around climate change and the idea that maybe there isn't a future, um, but we have to kind of look at it at this micro scale of what can you do in your everyday. So things like this or, you know, just buying less one use, single use plastic, um, so I'm, I have some optimism. I think if, as a whole humanity, we're able to come together for events like this, there's some hope. And that's kind of where I like to live, even though sometimes it can be depressing to think about how much there is left to do. What's, uh, what did you find today? What kind of trash? We found some shirts in the river. We found a lot of plastic bags and caps, tons of cigarette buds. So that's the majority of what I think we found. Uh, I'm going to move the mic. Thank you. This guy's the real hero. He got in the river today. He was <laughs> brought his water shoes out. He was fishing stuff out. And it's a good time, yeah. I picked up a lot of trash, too. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to go around. There's a ton of people out here, but there's even more trash. It's crazy. You think people walk by and all the trash is found, and there's still more around. It's, it's kind of disappointing, but it's good to see everybody out here. How many people do you think are just here right now? Oh, uh, what? 100, 150, maybe. Yeah. And not everyone's back yet either. Right. Okay. Right. Have you done these before? No, this is my very first one, actually. So glad to be out here. It's cool to see the community come together and, and do this. Why, why did you come out? My buddy actually showed me about it. And I don't know, just want to meet a community of rafters. Uh, we do a lot of kayaking, rafting. Um, we're on the water, so we felt like it's kind of our duty to kind of help out where we can. Do you feel kind of dirty and gross right now? <laughs> um, I mean, you're picking up trash, so a little bit, but I know a lot of people on the river are dirty anyways. We, we don't shower for days, we, you know, we like to get dirty. On the river or when, at home you don't shower for days? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, what's your, and what's your name? Uh, my name's Alan. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And when, uh, what's, uh, what's your name? Uh, my name is Mitchell. How hard was it for you to come out today? Not hard at all, actually. You didn't have to convince yourself? Uh, no, actually, I wanted to, to get a couple uh, pieces of rafting equipment, actually, at Confluence right next to this park. So it just made sense to do that first and then come here after. Co the Confluence. And a couple, the Confluence Ski and, ski uh, and kayak. kayak. Yep. Yeah. You know, that guy's one of the founders of the cleanup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was actually talking to him about that uh, when I was in their shop. Yeah, right on. So did you bring this guy? Um, I, told, I found out about it and told him about it, yeah. We've been talking about trying to meet more people in like the rafting kayaking community. Okay. Because we're always out there and we'll like meet a couple people while we're there, but never like in Denver. So we mm -hmm. wanted to meet some people like in in Denver. And okay, so what I'm trying to get at is, how would you describe it if you had to, if you were like meeting someone, you're like, hey, come do a river cleanup with me. It might be a little gnarly, but it'll be really fun. Like, actually. Disregard my words. What would you say? <laughs> um, I think I would say, like, honestly, it's not as long as you think. We, I mean, we weren't out here, you know, it's not an entire day. Like, you don't have to spend your entire weekend doing this. Mm -hmm. We're only out here for two hours, and it's it's not, you know, it's not back-breaking labor, and you're, you're, do, you're, you're doing a lot, but you're not 
I, I don't feel tired. I don't feel like, you know, that I used a lot, exerted a lot of energy doing this. I was, I was, I was the one fishing out the shirts and the, we found shirts, pants, all kinds of uh, clothing actually just stuck uh, under rocks. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. If he asks you a few questions about the cleanup, does that work for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. It's not How about you stay right there? Cause then like you had a good height. Nice shoes. Yeah. What's your name? Stella. Hi, Stella. I'm Sam. Yeah. Uh, what'd you do today? Uh, I collected trash from the river. What'd you think about that? I liked it. Why? Um, because it helps save the environment. And I've seen um, fish that are hurt by all that trash in the river. And, and you want to get you want to get the trash out to maybe mm-hmm. keep other fish from getting hurt. Yeah. Okay. What, um, like, how did you do it? Did you go in the water? Did you walk next to the river? I walked next to the river. And did you have one of those grabber things? Yes. Did you pick up a lot of stuff? Yeah. What do you think you picked up? Like, what kind of things did you pick up? Um, we picked up two lighters and one battery. We picked up a bunch more, like, a lot of wrappers of snacks, and we even picked up, like, some paper. Wow. Something out there. You put in the trash bag. Mm-hmm. What was the like? What were you most surprised to see today? The lighters and the battery. Why? Why did that surprise you? Um, because I wouldn't think that they would put them out there in case anybody stepped on them and set a fire. Oh yeah. Okay. I like it. I like that. Have you Have you ever done a river cleanup before? No, I think this is my first time. Do you think it's your last time, or will you be back for more? I think I'll be back for more. What are you gonna tell your friends about it? Uh, that I think that they should do it. You gonna invite them to come with you next time? Mm-hmm. Do you think they will? I bet. <laughs> and if they say no, what are you gonna say? I'm gonna say, we've put many extra car seats in the car, so just come. I love it. Okay, good, good answer. And um, do you, like when you're not cleaning up rivers, do you go hang out next to rivers and go do river things? Sometimes. Like what kind of river things? Fishing. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You like to fish? Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming you did the cleanup today? I did, yeah. Yeah. What's your name? William. And where are you from? I live here in Denver. This is your first cleanup? First cleanup here on the Platte, yeah. Have you done them elsewhere? Yeah, I've done them. Uh, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, so I've done a couple Mississippi River cleanups and a Wolf River cleanup back there. But first time doing this one. It's a cool event. Why? Uh, there's a lot of people here that came out to just pick up trash. <laughs> How much did you pick up, you think? Not that much. I got here a little late, and my group of three, like, filled up half a bag. It was mostly micro trash, you know, like little chunks of styrofoam and cigarette butts and stuff like that. Maybe everybody had gotten to the big stuff already. And why? Why do you want to come clean up a river? Uh, I enjoy the plat. I, I think it's a... Uh, it's like central to Denver. I love the city here and it's nice to be able to go on a bike ride or a run and it not be full of trash. I've lived other places where the rivers like this in the middle of the city are, look a lot worse and I think this one looks pretty decent, you know, relative to where it's at um, because of things like this. It's cool to be part of the part of the group that helps out. How many times a week do you feel like you come down and hang out near this river? And that hangout could be even just riding a bike along it. Yeah, I mean, it's on my commute. I bike to the train station, 
and I take this path to get there. So two, three times a week at least when I go to work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's regular. You're you're a the, the river is a part of your daily, your your weekly life. Exactly. Yeah, and I I like it that way. What do you what what's your what's your perception of how folks in Denver consider their waterways here in the city? I think the the South Platte gets a bad rap. I, when I talk to people about it, um, they're like, "Oh, it smells bad and it's gross," and that's probably partially true, right? It doesn't smell great. <laughs> I admit that, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't think people appreciate it enough outside of the boating community, and I wouldn't mind tubing it. I've kayaked it before, but I think, you know, just the, the general smell of it and stuff deters people from that. But other than that, I do think if it wasn't here, the city would be kind of missing something, you know? Like, it's the path, it's easy to get places down the river. I mean, this whole area, you saw it today, is like packed with people. There are so many people hanging out by the river all the time. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate it. Do you have a home river? A river in your area, your town? Does it need a little love from the humans to clean it up? There was a daughter-dad pair out on the river that Sarah from Protect Our Rivers encouraged me to talk with. I was able to float next to them for a while at the end of the water section. Will, the dad, started his own river cleanup separate from the South Platte cleanup because he wanted to. Please meet Harriet and her dad, Will. How's it going? Good. What's your name? Harriet. And what's your name? Will. And so I understand that you all come out here on your own and clean up rivers. You have for a long time. Tell me about this. Yeah, so four years ago, I guess, during COVID, um, I was always fishing Clear Creek, and it was just disgusting. And I thought, why not see if I can get a few buddies to come and help clean up and maybe get a few prizes together. and. It kind of blew up on me. I wasn't ready for it, but it's been so fun. Now we get over 100 people every time, and yeah, give away about $4,000 worth of stuff. It's pretty cool. But a lot of fly shops, a lot of just businesses, Meow Wolf, just everybody likes to give to stuff. So I don't even know how much we pick up. It's crazy. That cleanup you're talking about is independent and different from the Protect Our Rivers. Yeah, I created my own, just my wife and some buddies. Yeah. But yeah, we've been coming to this one for two years only, but this is one of my favorites because we're on the water. The one you're doing is not on the water? No, we, we just walk. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just walk. Do five miles. It's plenty gross. You never know what you're going to find. Everything from rosaries to sex toys. Um, so, uh, well, I was going to ask, what's the craziest thing you found? But oh. I think we'll just go there. Well, yeah, we found a full stash of everything in between... With all those things and pills, and I think we ruined somebody's day last year by <laughs> taking that off the river. But uh, yeah, you know, shopping carts and everything. We found trampoline the first year, full-on trampoline. So it's a gumball machine. And a gumball machine, you're right. That was a good one. And, and where do you all live? Uh, we live yeah. here in Denver. And what's your, like, what's your relationship with rivers that like, drove you to be interested in cleaning them out? Well, I... I just fish a lot, and uh, sometimes we do the bike trails and all that fun stuff, but uh, mostly fishing. Like, I fish in weird spots, and that's a weird spot. Clear Creek, urban, it's kind of gross. You never know what you're going to find. Yeah. Harriet, uh, what's going on that's making all these scream noises behind us? Eliches. And, and what is Eliches? What is it's a amusement park that has a lot of upside-down rides. Have you been? Yes, I have.
So, Harriet, tell me about, like, what What do you think about coming out here and cleaning up the river? I think it's pretty cool. Why? Uh, just because it's, like, the day of, like, helping our Earth Day or something like that. And I'm glad that it was on this day because I want I want to do something for the Earth. And uh, what's, the, what's the craziest thing that you found when you've been cleaning up the rivers? Um, well, last time we were here, I f- the first thing I found was a $5 bill, so that was pretty cool. Did you, did you keep it? Mm, we threw it away because it had, like, super big holes in it. Oh, wow. Rocks and bugs all over it, so that was kind of gross, but it was still cool. Harry, do your friends ever, do your friends ever come with you out here? For my dad's river cleanups, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you go on river trips? Do you go on river trips elsewhere? Do you guys go float other rivers? Uh, I mean, sometimes. Yeah, Colorado. Sometimes. But you're kind of like, you're kind of urban river people, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. We like to smell like crap after we get off the river. You go home and wash your feet real good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get the leeches off. Uh-huh. Harriet, does your boat have a name? Uh, yeah, it's called B- Baby Blue. Perfect. All right, anything else y'all want to tell me about anything? Um, I would just say anybody who wants to do something like this, people ask me all the time, how did you get it started? And just call. Call people, start blogging about it. It's pretty easy. People always want to help. Businesses want to help. Just call your friends, call businesses. You'd be amazed what people are willing to give for prizes and incentives and even donations just to buy bags. It's super easy. You just got to put in the legwork, leg but it's totally worth it. It's so fun. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> in the three years since Protect Our Rivers was started by Sarah and her support crew, Protect Our Rivers and all of the volunteers have pulled out more than 85,000 pounds of trash and that number goes up every weekend as the summer's cleanups continue. They have worked in five states on 21 different rivers, and in those three years, 7,398 people have volunteered their time pulling out that trash. 2023 still has cleanups lined up. You can find links to their schedule in today's show notes. The day I spent recording this episode, 302 people pulled out 6,300 pounds of trash from the South Platte River. As this cleanup wrapped up, Sarah closed it out with the group and invited them all to the after event and raffle. I just wanted to say thank you guys for coming out. You guys are so many familiar faces and we're really proud of this event and our our partners that support this event. We pulled about 2,500 pounds of trash out this morning. Um, I'm guessing it'll be about 5,000 pounds today. We'll let you know the exact number, but you are keeping our rivers clean. Thank you so much. Um, We love you guys. We're going to have an awesome after party with giveaways at Odell Brewing Company. And let's take a picture. Everybody look, this lens, if you can see this lens, then it can see you. Here we go. So Sarah, here we are. Cleanup's over. Cleanup's over. How are you feeling? Good. Um, incredible. We had over, I don't know, maybe 400 people today picking up trash at three different sites. One on water, two on land. Uh, Stoke was great. Energy's great. People, yeah, the people are amazing who come out and do some good. Is this the norm? Like, people are pretty excited, very, like, participatory. Is this, is this how it goes? 
You know, we've been really lucky where a lot of our cleanups are that way. I think we make it very celebratory, more of a party than a protest. And, you know, we try to treat people good that give their time. Um, we're actually going to head over to Odell Brewing Company and we're going to give away some items and just make it fun and reward good stewardship in the community. And is that how you do all your cleanups? Like afterwards, there's some sort of an event? Yeah. We always have beer, ice cream, pizza, you name it. We, yeah. we want to treat people. And you hear, like, people say that's cool. Like, they like that. They do love it. And it's so fun afterwards. Everyone's, you know, chatting, like, about what they found, what surprised them, what didn't surprise them, where they found, you know, where they found the, the biggest pile of trash and went after it. And you just get to see people light up, which is my favorite part of all of this, is they're contributing to a better, you know, a better world. I saw a lot of kids today. Is that fairly normal that, that families come out with kids? It is, um, and it's becoming more and more common. I think we've seen an incline in it because we've kind of kept things more safe. Parents are kind of scared to get their kids cleaning up trash, but the more familiar they get with us and just doing cleanups with other awesome organizations, they get their, they bring their kids out to the fun. So. Yeah, it was cool to see that for sure. And, and I also thought that it was neat that there's like this layer of young late 20s early 30s people coming out to do things that seems to be our like our main demographic and people that participate is that age group yeah that's i saw this feels like what i saw the most of it's exciting to see them caring so much about their future you know their the the future of their planet and sake of their river health yeah okay last words i don't know today was a blast um i just don't you know sometimes i uh i just get emotional about just the uh the amount of love and support there is in this community. And it was really cool seeing everyone so excited and proud of what they picked up. And honestly, it was one of the best days. It was a ton of fun. It literally, best South Platte cleanup yet. Excellent. Um, people could follow you. Where do they, where do they follow the, the Protect Our Rivers world? Um, so you can follow us on Instagram, protectourrivers underscore org. And, you, and you're on Facebook? We're on Facebook as, as well, yep. Um, check out our website. Join a cleanup. We have tons of our events on protectourrivers.org slash events, and we do a ton of these all over Colorado and beyond. Okay. Right on. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sam. What kind of what kind of wisdom do you want to throw out there to the people listening about cleaning rivers? Um, that they're doing a good job. Awesome. You're doing a good job. Thanks for being on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. A river cleanup size thank you goes out to all of our guests today, to Sarah Nelson for hosting me on the water, and to all of you who cleaned the river that day and who are cleaning rivers wherever you are. If you are interested in participating in a river cleanup, maybe Protect Our Rivers is hosting one near you soon. You can check them out online. The link is in the show notes today. There are so many river cleanups going on year-round nationwide. You can search for your local rivers by name and the words river cleanup, also, American Rivers, the National River Conservation Nonprofit, hosts the National River Cleanup, and there is a link for that in the show notes today. Or start your own river cleanup. A friend of mine, Tim Hunter, started his own river cleanup on the San Juan River in Utah, and over the last 18 years, Tim and crew have pulled out about 42 full dump trucks worth of trash over those 18 years. If you do start your own river cleanup, send us a message and we'll help you promote it. And if you go do a cleanup, send us a picture, and we'll throw that up as well. 
Today's sponsors are Wholesome and the Denver area Nissan dealers. Use the promo code RIVERRADIUS to gain 20% off with Wholesome. There are links for Nissan and Wholesome in the show notes. In today's show notes, you can find links to all of the organizations and businesses from this episode. Our social media is curated by Samantha Seiss. Our music is composed and performed by Gene Reiniger. Be in touch anytime. Hello at theriverradius.com. Thanks so much for joining The River Radius. We're not old school yet. So I've got this great gray bus that I bought at the uh, auction. Use it for fun events like this. Oh, man, that's got 10 cylinders of uh, burning hot love in there, man. It goes fast. I can't believe there's a coyote. Oh, oh. Beyond the banks. Whoa. Holy shit. He's fast. He was hooking it. What is he doing? Urban coyotes. He should have some nice bird sounds. Oh man, I love it. I love that part of it. They're real. Those are real birds. The birds yeah. are real, man. Yeah. <laughs> Here in Denver, the birds they are, are real. They are real birds. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's other birds. What are they? Not real birds? There's some, yeah. Yeah, something like that. That has a lot of upside down rides. I mean, all the things that you can imagine in an urban environment, you find in this river. Like a lot of wrappers of snacks. Litter bugs are the lowest form of humanity. I know. A lot of people on the river are dirty anyways. We, we don't shower for days. We, you know, we like to get dirty. South Park. Okay. This is my rowing song. It's called Pusher Man. Thank <laughs> you.